The following program is paid for by the Hawkeye Huddle. Brought to you by Angie Lancaster Remax, GMIG's Fifth Street Pub, and AMPM Plumbing. Now, live from GMIG's Fifth Street Pub in Valley Junction, this is the Hawkeye Huddle with your hosts, David Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge. Why do you get top billing? It's alphabetical. Is that, is that the way it works? I think I, I also signed the checks. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Brett Ridge and Dave Creighton Jr. here with you at G-Migs in uh, Valley Junction, West Des Moines, 5th Street. Come on down and join us here for the next hour as we talk everything in the world of the Iowa Hawkeyes, as we do each week from 5 to 6 o'clock here on 1350 and 102.1 FM. Uh, nice crowd in the house for us. Um, unfortunately, uh, it's, it's under unfortunate circumstances this week uh, that we've got a few folks visiting from out of town. Herky Hank in town from Phoenix. And with his uh, lovely wife, Lauren, and, and my nieces, Lily and Ruby, they're here. Is, uh, we're celebrating one of the few guys who pretty much listened to every Hawkeye huddle there ever was. This Dave is Creighton, true. Dave Creighton Sr. passed away just uh, this past Friday. And uh, this show will go out to him. And you're not going to do that to me already. I, I'm not going to make you cry, Roy. Not yet. No. Well, I will say this. Uh, uh, senior was, uh, for the first six years, this is our 20th year, right. in case we haven't said it enough this year, but for the first six, seven years of our show, he was here every week, right? He, uh, or, or wherever Nor we Norma, were. Who was here with it, wherever we were, he, uh, he was there. And, of course, uh, over the years, uh, I've known you 27 years, and I've known him that long, right? Exactly. Um, so uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough week for, for everybody, obviously, for your family. But, uh, you know, uh, a great memory of a guy who was a, a big-time Hawkeye fan there, just, just as big as, as you and I ever were. Um, and uh, a, a very interesting story that people could sit and chat with you about. Uh, his, his life uh, is, was amazing. And so we lost a good one. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do this show for him and, you know, the rest of the year maybe, right? Yeah, that would be, that would be nice. Uh, we had to do this when your dad passed as well, and so it's, uh, it's, t it's a tough thing. But I did give him solace that he never has to watch Deacon Hill play quarterback again. <laughs> uh, and, and we might. Right, oh, I, I think well, I've got it. I'm in pretty my, sure we're, we're going to. Well, I, certainly in the bowl game, but I, I've got it in my notes. Uh, somebody was doing the math on Cade McNamara and whether he can, how quickly he can come back. Uh, now, granted, wouldn't he came that back be ten months? It, it it would be something like that, and it, it's doable, right? T guys Doesn't do he it, have some of Aaron Rodgers' magic go-go well, juice? I don't know. You blow There's theories there. Uh, Andrew Ridge over here will tell you he doesn't think Aaron Rodgers actually blew his Achilles. Uh. That there was that they overblew that so that if he can't, you know, just keep him out for a while and see what happens. And anyway, we'll see about Kate McNamara, but uh, but let's do talk about Hawkeye football at this point because. Let's face it, it's, it's a bright spot when you have uh, three all, uh, four All-Americans on your football team. and two, Ferentz, two are getting paintings. Uh, two are consensus All-Americans in Cooper DeGene and Torrey Taylor. Those are number 31 and 32 all-time at Iowa. But more incredibly, I think, it's 10 in the last 12 years, I believe. I 10 think in the last that's right. 14, 12, 14 years. Yeah, I think it's and, 10 or 12. And it's... 16, so over half of them are under Kirk Ferentz versus all the rest of Iowa football history prior to that. Well, you have to remember the 60s and 70s were what you might well, not call stellar. They had a few uh, down years, exactly. <laughs> 
But I, I, I the think the Frank Lauderbird term comes. It to goes mind. back to the and and we should mention. So Jay Higgins, uh, it was a first teamer, I think, by Walter Camp, right? Football Football Writers, Writers of America. America. Football Writers of America, second team by the AP, which is great because he's being recognized where he wasn't very well by the Buckets people, oh, right? And the, and the Big Ten. And the big, yeah, it's very crazy. But it's, so second team All American, and Sebastian Castro, a third team All American by the AP. Uh, all well-deserved, I think, and, and what it underscores is what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. One of the things that's interesting about Iowa athletics right now is that we're part of the national, we, uh, even as Hawkeye fans, we're sure. part of the national landscape of college athletics because we've had, as teams, not only pretty good teams on the, on the court and on the field and on the mat, but on top of that, we've had superstars, right? And, and you're just adding to it year after year. And the fun part about it is very few of these people came into college with superstar t t tattooed on their forehead, well, right? Well, the, the only one who did, of course, was Caitlin Clark. Um, yeah, that's true. She yes. was, she was a, yes. a top five high school recruit. Um, but, but from the football standpoint, that's exactly right. Um, Jack who, Campbell, nobody, right? You who, and I. He who came, was our, our highest-rated five? Was Epinesa a five-star? Epinesa was a five-star. Okay. Yes, uh, certainly not um, uh, our center. Yeah, uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Tyler Linderbaum, uh, certainly not, right? right? Defensive linemen, they moved over, right? Ga Gallery and, and all the Steinbach and all those linemen. You know. Absolutely right. not. Josh Jackson. Right. Right. Uh, you know, Desmond, De King, Desmond, Desmond King. King. Right. No. Uh, you know, these are guys. Yeah, they, Tory Taylor, certainly not. <laughs> Tory Taylor, nobody knew. Right. Who's this guy, right? Right. Um, these are guys that they never kicked developed, well, developmental players that have been brought into Kirk Ferentz's program. And as much as you want to complain about the offense, which I'm, I'm right there with you, as much as you want to complain about that, they are awfully good at taking two, three-star kids, two or three-star kids, and putting them in positions to where they become Riley Moss, a walk-on last year. Jack Campbell, like I said, his only other option was UNI. Um, Jack Campbell last week was the highest-rated uh, NFL, NFL linebacker. linebacker. Right. These are guys, they're having success in the league, right? Now, uh, looking forward to next year, the there, other there's thing. There's a chance all three of those dudes might come back. Well, isn't it by now that we've usually started to hear I mean, I, I was thinking about that this, this, this afternoon earlier as I was thinking about this show. Usually by now, it's trickling out. These guys have made their decision. You and started they're going. that early? I st <laughs> that boy. <laughs> <laughs> thinking, thinking is something I do. Uh, on, on a, a lot. I try to start to do a little bit earlier in the day. Good. Um, but, I, but we can ask Tom, right, right. when Tom Kager comes on, but I don't think there's any news right now. I will tell you that I have a friend who... Whose cousin's uh, roommate. Who, no, it was literally... He drove Cooper. He, for some odd reason, had to pick him up at the airport after his award ceremony, and, and this is a week or so ago, and Cooper was talking. Now, granted, he's not going to let this guy. He barely knows him, I think. But Cooper was definitely, uh, I'm not decided yet, right? If, if None of these guys have decided yet. If Cooper DeGene were to come back and have the kind of year that we would expect that he would, he would be a two-time consensus All-American and would get his number on the press box. He would do He would do that. Now, here's the question for a guy like that. I, I'm less, let's, let's, let's throw the injury thing out, okay? Because it could happen, but that could happen. You could literally, I mean, I know uh, uh, Wycheck from, from the... Uh, right. Um, 
Titans just fell in his house and, and died, 52 years old yesterday. Yeah, that could happen, right? So let's, not, let's not if you have no sharp corners. <laughs> Rounded po edges. Point being, though, what did happen to Desmond King, because Desmond King did come back, is nobody threw at him for an entire year, right, and so his they, stats weren't great, so he dropped in the, in the draft. Now, this just in. Seven years he, later, he's still getting it, paid. Right. Even when he got cut, he gets picked up, right? He's playing for the, Tex the Texans last week, right? Right. So, um, and, and Cooper may actually be a, a, a more talented player in terms of some of the other things they could do with him. He can return puns and some other stuff. Uh, but the point being there, it's not unheard of that uh, you could come back and you could go through without an injury and you could have a year that doesn't statistically add up but you could still be an incredible all-american in his case iowa needs him to return kicks iowa needs him to be a leader on the field and certainly he, and nobody's to play quarterback uh, possibly <laughs> right there's or whatever they want to do so it's possible uh we know that uh jay higgins has enjoyed it uh, loves being a hawk sebastian castro they all love being a hawk they love playing in front of the, of the kinnick crowd this is possible. It I, is possible. It's not I, probable, but it's possible that any number of these guys could be back on well, the squad. If you, if you next got year. one of them back, it, it improves your defense. If you got two, it's an amazing thing. And if you got all three, you, you've you've again solidified yourself as a top five defense coming into 2024 football season. Uh, uh, and all it, you, now you just got to find the punter to, to replace Tory, because that's as important a defensive position on the it, Iowa. If you could, if the punter, the punter doesn't have to average 60 yards a kick, what he would be good, it'd be nice if he can drop it inside the 20 like there Tony does. There you go. Uh, frequently. But um, absolutely. So there's some positions of need, but clearly, well, uh, you know, your defense could be as good next year because you could literally be getting a lot of these guys back. So, so this we're going to hope on that until we can. Yeah, right. right. So this begs the question, at, at what point does Kirk – go out and say, okay, I'm, I'm finding my offensive coordinator tomorrow, and I'm bringing him in, and even if he just watches uh, bowl preparation, but at least he can evaluate players and, and see what he's got to deal with. I mean, it seems to me that before Caitlin Clark gets three more NIL deals, we should have an offensive coordinator. Um, I, I, and, you know, Tom said last week, well, is it, is it completely necessary? I think, I it, think is. it is. I, I'm starting to think. I'm starting to watch it as coaches. Uh, the carousel is is turning right, and as the carousel turns, well, who, guys are being eliminated. So either who, Kirk's who took, already got it figured uh, out. Maybe he's already got it figured out, right? Here, who, who took Klein from K State? A&M. So Texas A&M goes and gets uh, the offensive coordinator from K State. So he's gone. Uh, Palashik's head coach quit at Wyoming. So, so he's, he's probably going to be the head coach of Wyoming. Right? Uh, either that or, or available if, if or they available. don't hire him mm -hmm. uh, to be the next, you know, head, I mean, he's right, available, right. right? Paul Chris is an analyst at, at the University of Texas. Two other names I heard this, that, you know, that we've heard basically on HawkeyeReport.com, right. rumors. Uh, Joe Philbin was rumored out there just, to, you know, and I don't I know how that got through well, think about it. He was, he was, you know, he was at he's Iowa. He's only 62. Right. Which he's I mean. at Iowa as a, a built the greatest offensive line Iowa ever had. Goes to the NFL. He was an offensive coordinator for Green Bay. I don't know. He's he great. Coach of and the he Dolphins. was a head coach of the Dolphins. He didn't have great success, but 
Until just recently, nobody had success in Miami, right? Right. So, um, you, you know, well, there's Shula. well, <laughs> this, uh, over the last couple decades, yes. let's put it that way. My, my point being that there's a guy with plenty of head coaching or head coaching and, and coaching experience and offensive coaching experience that was in the NFL. That's another guy related to Iowa who's worked for Kirk. David Rye. Did you hear David that Rye, one? Uh, that that's certainly a possibility. He's an analyst or consultant for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then this one popped up yesterday. I don't. Kaelin DeBoer. That's the OC the, at Washington. No, uh, Kaelin DeBoer is the head coach. He's an analyst at Washington. Isn't DeBoer the head coach? Uh, well, this kid, this Caden DeBoer is, uh, was on the, he, somehow he's on Belichick's staff for a little while, and he's been a number of different things, head, small college head coach and I offensive think he, coordinator. Isn't Washington's an head coach? No, he's the, analyst, uh, he's the analyst, and maybe he's related to the head coach over there. But, I mean, we're, we're coming up with a lot of names right now, and the question really is, are we waiting just so that Brian is not embarrassed during the bowl game? Is that what we're doing? Kalen DeBoer is the head coach at Washington. Okay, that's not, then it's Caden. Oh, hang on now. I, okay, I've got the wrong name then. I pulled it up. Somebody sent it to me. I'll get it. Ryan Grubb is the offensive coordinator there. He, he's a dude from Iowa. He's not coming. That's not, yeah, that guy's Saban not offered coming. offered him $3 million to go to Alabama last year, and he said no. Okay, I got it wrong. I, I took the note down. I don't even know. I, I'm not paying attention to Washington. Uh, By the way, he's 103-11 and 11 as a head coach. Is he really? Uh-huh. Only Ryan Day has this, a better. Why did I go with Caden DeBoer on that? Okay, so it's Hughes. It's somebody named Hughes. He's an analyst. Sweet T. Terry Hughes, Valley High School, 1979. Tyler Hughes. Tyler Hughes. Don't know who. Uh, spent three years in New England uh, with Belichick, Snow College, Utah. Coached wide receivers, head coach. Anyway, um, there's a there's a name out off the wall. So here's my point on this. Suddenly, 23. Uh, do we, I know. What are we doing? He's not 23. What are we doing? Is Iowa is is Iowa gonna gonna bring in a a veteran is Iowa bringing in somebody that uh, has been around the block, which is what Kirk seems to like to do. Is Kirk going to go young on this and try to, to bring in somebody with a, a new, fresh mind that's been coaching with a bunch of different people? I don't know. Um, anyway, these are just rumors. Why right? not Bill just rumors. Why not? I mean, if you're, right. you're going to go get people you know, well, people are out who are out there. Right. I mean, so but your point your point is right. This needs to be done. I, it seems it to me. To be done. It seems to me that it needs to be done. It seems to me that it's going to be not impossible, but very hard to recruit, particularly skill players, to come and play in what a system they don't even know what it's going to be. Because presumably, unless they're saying it's going to be the same system, we're just going to have a different dude calling the plays. And if that's the case, they went for another long year of gnashing of teeth. Um, I. I I believe somebody did a better job of calling the same plays. Well, I don't think there's any question. I right. mean, you can I, go but, one but five the, three two four yes. instead of one two three yeah, four that, five. If you could figure out how to do the jet sweep at the right time instead of the wrong time, well, I, I can say that uh, from the twelve. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll be bleeped or not, right? No. Right, run it right. That run was it, okay. Right, running it from the the twelve. Right. It's like, I mean, come what, on, what, dude. What are you doing? What, 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 run up the middle. Why did you? I, 
<laughs> I, I, I know People that, make football too hard. Well, like I say, I, the, the one, was it the Rutgers game where we completed the pass over the middle for like 55 yards and got it down to the 10? Yes. Finally broke through, got it down to the 10, and the next play he decides to run a jet sweep after we just had success, and we uh, lose again. eight yards, right? So, that's correct. It, it just, it, it, those, are, those are just stupid decisions. So I do believe somebody else could run Iowa's offense better than Brian Ferentz did. Well, right? maybe, did so. you see the... Uh, by the way, did you see the uh, video of Joe Labus, uh practice videos throwing yeah. bombs? Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. But, but, you know, the other guy looks better in practice. Tell me how that looks better. Show me, show me where anybody look, was making better decisions, right? Good Lord. I, I know. It makes you wonder. It really makes you wonder exactly what's going on there. Well, I, I think we, we've got we to gotta hope that he makes a decision because I, I think this business of waiting until the end, until Brian's done, and then bringing somebody in in like February. And oh, by the way. Can't the, you just tell Brian and this oh, by is going to be the guy and if, say, dude, right, he's if coming. The por- if the portal is uh, f- filling up, which it is, Players are also coming off the board very quickly, right? At this time last year, they had already been making their their hay with uh, with um, Cade McNamara, right? Eric All was already in the in Don't the. Don't you think the Iowa talk, needs right? to find a, another quarterback? Absolutely, that's the next step. That's where I was going with this thing about right. Cade. Is he going to be ready to play? If he's going to be ready to play, that's great. Even if he is, he's going to be brittle, and we have absolutely. No interest. I just don't have any more interest in the Deacon Hill project, right? I, I don't either. And even if he goes on, you know, slim fast or something and, and finds some quicker feet, I just don't think so. I've seen it. I've seen that. I've seen that show. I've not. I don't seen, like that show. Right, that show is. I lock onto my. Here's my first receiver. If he's open, I got a shot As at it. Jim Otherwise, I'm say, done. That's a bad call. That's a really bad call. That's yeah, <laughs> don't like that call at all. And I, I just. Uh, quarterbacks do have tendencies, right? And uh, watching the Vikings the other day and and Josh yeah. Dobbs, uh, at the end of the game they put in Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins stood in stood tall in the pocket in the last drive, and he delivered a couple of passes that Josh Dobbs would have run out of the pocket because he's afraid of standing in there too long. Deacon Hill has tendencies that are similar. I see my first target. If he's open, I throw it as hard as I can, and I get him, and it's fine. If I don't see my first target, I don't know where I'm going, I'm and still I'm waiting, done. F- waiting for right. that one pass that goes right through the dude's hands into the face mask and, and sticks. Just sticks. <laughs> uh, unnecessary roughness? Yep, that's it. Yeah, it exactly. Don't throw it to stone, stone hands. All right. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We have to talk Hawkeye basketball. It's unfortunate, but we'll do that. Oh, we get to talk Hawkeye women's basketball as well. We'll break that down along with uh, a little bit of wrestling, too, when Tom Caker's with us here in the next segment. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Hello 102.1 FM, 1350 ESPN Des Moines. When the AI movement needs lots of cooling, it relies on water from the Des Moines and Raccoon Rivers. You're welcome, world. Des Moines sports leader, ESPN Des Moines. And we're back here in the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you at G-Mix. And thank the great sponsors for our program. We uh, did not, uh, you know, we got to cut the recut the open. We got to get... Uh, my, uh, my fault. I've been a little, a little preoccup- busy? Yeah. preoccupied this past week. Uh, Dairy Brothers Waukee, uh, Des Moines only Jeep showroom, and uh, appreciate them appreciate hopping them on board. So right? much, right? So uh, they're going to be with us for Iowa's the rest own. of the year. Iowa's own, that's right. Uh, so we appreciate them being on board, and uh, also, of course, uh, Angie Lancaster. Of course, 
waving our, at us our right faithful, now. And, <laughs> and, and G-Mix and G-Mix. for hosting. Right, we appreciate as that always. as well. It's great to have all of the all of the fam here to listen to the show, even though they're all even just sitting talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, they they can they can hear us at any point in time having the same conversation. Yeah, pretty so much. It's That's probably right. you know. It's probably not uh, all that interesting to them. Anyway, what is of interest? Well, I don't know. Who, who is of interest? Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com. Joining us uh, as he does each week here in this second segment. Uh, good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon. How are you, Tom? Doing well. Are you uh, between press conferences? There's nothing with football right now. Did Fran, Fran have anything to say today? <laughs> No, no, Fran. Um, you know, it's finals week, so it's a pretty quiet oh. week for Iowa athletics. Um, you know, they've got the game, obviously. The men's and women's games are Saturday, Saturday. at Wells Fargo. And um, I think we'll probably have some sort of media availability later this week. Um, so, pretty quiet week. Well, the Swarm is having a big party here in Des Moines at the Foundry. Friday, Friday, night. Friday night. Yeah. Um, that's, is that by invite only? It might be. Well, you, you, and, you and I well, got I invites. I don't I think it's that hard. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's and, true. Angie will be there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, with the, with the ball game being here in Des Moines, the doubleheader this weekend, which we haven't really talked uh, at all about, uh, men's, women's doubleheader at uh, Wells Fargo this weekend against a couple of teams Iowa, both, both teams should beat. Uh, Tom, the men's team right now, I, I, I just start there because it's uh, it, it's one of those things where December has not been uh, kind to Iowa over the last couple of years, but I think you've made the point, and it's easy to see. This is December's been a tough month in terms of the schedule, and this is still a young team. There's some some pieces there, but but the senior leadership. Uh, is just not where they've been, or at least the having a go-to guy that can really just pull them up out of nowhere when they're when they're struggling. And this team has struggled enough just for periods of time that they're falling behind, and they're not able to recover. Yeah, and even when they've had good senior leadership, and it's been this week-long stretch really since 2017 when that was the year the Big Ten hosted or, or held the Big Ten tournament a week early at Madison Square Garden, and so they had the the two games that were earlier in December. That was the first year they did that. And they've stuck with that because they've added uh, two more games to the conference schedule. So you're up to 20 games when it was 18 back at that point. Um, Iowa, so so basically, except last year when they played one conference game, but they played Duke at a neutral at Madison Square Garden, and then they played Iowa State. Uh, but every other year it's been... Um, a home Big Ten game and away Big Ten game in Iowa State, home or away, alternating years, except for 2020 uh, with the COVID year. Um, but they're 4-14 four and 14 in this week of games. This is huh. not good. You know, 4-14. Four That's a good stat. Good stat to know for and, next year's gambling. And and uh, here's the other thing. They've, they've lost by double figures in eight of those 14 losses, including all three this year so they have just had a really tough time winning big 10 games and you know most of their wins frankly in the all this in this stretch are over iowa state now here's the good news they started 0 three last year in the big 10 including road losses at penn state and nebraska after losing at home to wisconsin and 
then they won seven of nine and kind of righted the ship and, you know, did well and got to the the NCAA tournament. But last time they had a rough a start as this was 2017 when they were four and six and they finished the Big Ten four and 14 that year and did not make postseason play. So um, long way of saying still a long way to go and there's, you know, you could point different directions as to what all this is going to end up meaning. Well, that, that stretch last year included a loss to Eastern Illinois, who was like in the bottom five in, in the in the net. They were horrible, you know, it, but they got yeah. better. The difference being, I, and I think, so the common denominator between this and the 2017 team is right now, they are defensively just non-existent, right? I mean, when, when you start seeing, okay, well, the other team's not scoring, he realized the other night it's because Michigan couldn't throw it in the ocean in the first first half. Second half, they warmed up a little bit, and suddenly it was an 11-12 uh, game uh, point game, 11-0 run, then a 25-7 run or 27-5 run. Um, they Iowa against Iowa State, Iowa State just at will drive the paint and score. Um, and so defensively, I remember that 2017 team as well. They had a couple of uh, they had a couple years in there where Fran's defense have never been great, but they were really bad. And um, this one seems to be hedging in that direction. That's what worries me about trying to pull out of this, Tom. Yeah, and and you're asking a young team to grow up fast, and that was kind of. And, and I know people say, well, they've got all these, you know, they've got um, Ben Cricky and they've got. Peyton Sanford, and they've got um, uh, Patrick McCaffrey, but... Well, and Tony. And Tony, yeah. but but I just, you know, Tony's been going through some stuff, obviously, with right. his grandma. Um, Patrick's not right, and I think everybody can uh, be sensitive right. enough just with that. See it. that, yep. that there's, yep. You can see it, that, that, that his anxiety issues are, 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 are hurting him uh, when he's out right. there. And you know, Ben Kirkey may be a graduate student, but he's still new to the Big Ten and new to this level and new to these teammates. I just looked up Ken Palm. Uh, Iowa's defense is 160th in the country in adjusted yeah. efficiency. That's, yeah. that's not, not going to do not, you much good. It's not going to help you. You know, Ben Kirkey, you know, he poured in 24 the other night, and um, I, I would not have known it. Right, uh, he he certainly has a touch around the basket. He can do some things, but right now it's coming too late. Uh, Peyton Sanford, who you you know you, you looked at Peyton as being the guy that had to be there every every game for you, and he, he didn't score until there were I think there were 12 minutes to go in the game the other day. Okay, he gets his yeah. 10 points, but he didn't score until 12 he's, minutes in. Those are not terribly important points by well, that point. Well, he's, it's it's a matter of you got to throw it early. Go ahead, Tom. He's yeah. pressing. Yeah, he's pressing, and I think. You know, I think they're a team where their defense will improve if their offense is better. And right now, I mean, the last two of the last three games, they've not even broken 70. And they didn't break 70 at Purdue. They didn't break 70 at Iowa State. Yeah, they gave up a bunch, but I think they're a better team when they're scoring than, and play better defense when they're scoring rather than what you see right now, which is, they're not. I mean, they're only averaging 6.7 three-point made field goals this year. Um, that's got to be up above 10, in my opinion, for this team to be good. And no, no they're question. just not. I, I just I think they've got to they've got to score more from the outside and hit more shots. And I think they and and the interior defense hasn't been great. And I think that will 
it, they're prob- they took a step to address it by starting Owen Freeman, and I think that's the first step. I don't. Th- I, I know Fran would disagree with me, but I just don't think that Tony is a point guard, and he's not. I, nope. I, I just <laughs> totally. wonder if maybe you kind of take some of that pressure off of Patrick, bring him off the bench, start Desante Bowen or start Brock Harding. I don't care who, but you start one of those two guys that can give you kind of a pass first or just a guy who's got some quickness at the guard position and can run the. Run the, the guy show. who knows how to be a point guard. Yeah. D- David texted yeah. me. So you're reading right off my note sheet here. David texted me in 10 minutes into the game. Why Why do we think Tony Perkins is a point guard? Which is a great question. And I texted him two minutes into the game the other night. What are we doing starting dicks at the point guard against this really fast guard court for Iowa State? The guy that needs to start there is Asante Bowen. And you're right. Or, the, or yeah. Harding, either one. Right, right. But let's put a point guard there. And I like Freeman in the middle. I, I agree with you, Tom. It, let's let's get a couple of bigger guys in there and change this up to where defense is less of an issue and early. Let, let Patrick come off the bench. I think that's a great idea, Tom. And I'm not sure that his well, dad. That's what they did that. when they came back. That's what they did. Well, last that's year true. When he came yeah. Back and, it, and it was. I thought he did okay in that role. Um, you know, but I don't know if, if that would hurt him more mentally coming off the bench or not I, I don't know and um but it's you know he's I, it was obvious that Iowa State that he was going through some things and and um you know I, I feel terrible for him I really do it, it, it's, it's impossible it, it's just it's so debilitating well I was gonna say it's impossible yeah. to describe to people what I mean I have some of these issues right I'll let people know that I'm, I'm embarrassed by yeah. it it's impossible to describe what you're going through when you're having these feelings right and 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 so i can see how it could affect you and what what you see every once in a while at him is he's just he's just not on the court even though he's standing on the court and there are times he's sitting on the bench and they show him and he's staring off into space right so i feel i feel terrible for the kid but but at this point in time um putting him out there to be a a warm bodied is not worth it right and if he can get right some other way, I don't know what it would be, but it'd be nice to see that because there's there's talent there that is not is not coming through. And I just I feel like maybe he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. I know Peyton is. Um, you know, Peyton wants to win badly, and um, and he's trying to. I mean, these guys are trying. They really are, and they're invested, and they're. Um, it's not like they dislike each other or anything like that. I, I think they really want to be good a good team and. You know, Phil Martelli, who's essentially coaching Michigan right now, said after the game, he, he, is, goes, yes. he goes, this team's going to be busy. You guys are going to be busy in March. So, you know, he seemed to think that there's something there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I it, love Phil Martelli. I've always thought, I thought, I thought, I've always thought that this was a bubble team and, you know, maybe they're trending off. They're obviously off the bubble right now, but so's Tom Izzo. For the first time right. in 25 years, you know, it's just they've got to find but, some. They got to they got to get their mojo back, and maybe these next three games when you're playing a Florida A&M and a UMBC and a um, and a Northern Illinois, you can get some of that mojo back before January 2nd, having to head up to Madison, Wisconsin, and face a really good Wisconsin team. Tom, are you coming over this weekend for the games? I am not. Um, Kyle? Uh, Kyle. Kyle will be there uh, handling duties. So 
um, yeah, it didn't seem like there was much sense in both of us going there. So, um, yeah, I'm going to stay back and um, spend some time with my family. So, that good for you. Mike, I've just go as well. To, I've got could... the tough. I got the tough. I got the tough assignment yeah, you, of going it... to Orlando. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I was about to say it's it's real rough. You'd get a turnaround and go to Florida, so that'll <laughs> that'll be terrible for you. Oh, I, know. I know, horrible. La last question for you, Tom. We were, any movement on uh, any scuttlebutt on the offensive coordinator, or are we just going to sit tight like we talked about last week? And it's going to be we're not going to hear anything till mid January or late January. I don't know that it'll be that long. I think it's going to be sooner, but I don't know that it'll be sooner. Like before the bowl game, if that makes sense. Uh, but yeah. I'm not ruling it out. I know that Kirk is making some contacts with some people, and um, I think he likes the response that he's gotten. I think Iowa fans would probably like the response that he's gotten. Um, the, just because I think he's – it's not like he's reaching for guys. I think he's got some good candidates that, that he really thinks will be um, upgrades. Uh, you know, well, they're got... going to help. They're going to help. So, um, some experienced hands that um, that he feels good about. So, I but I don't know that it'll happen until after the bowl game. But it might. You never know. He may surprise us. Good. But I think next week it's you know signing day, and I, I don't know that he wants to like spring it on right after signing day and right before Christmas. And I don't know that that's really something. It doesn't seem like. Well, Kirk's well, MO. Brian's Christmas isn't going to get any better if he they know <laughs> he knows who his replacement is. But you know, yeah. a Hall of Fame coach calls you and asks you if you have interest in working for him. I would think that that's something you would say yes to. Any yeah, number of I guys. Think I think he's got a pretty positive response, and you know, um, and and we'll see where it goes. All right, probably not the offensive analyst then at Washington that we're I'm, right? I'm pretty probably sure not. Right. Hey, thanks, Tom. We'll, no, we'll catch I think up with you, can, you next I think week. You can eliminate, right? I think you can eliminate Ryan Grubb, and it's not going to be John Budmeier. I'll say that. Okay. All right, good. There, 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 there you that go. Breaking news. People will like that. People will like that. Thank you, Tom. Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com. Appreciate it. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. This is Drake men's basketball head coach Darren DeVries, and you're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. DeVries has it better than I. He does a better job of giving the There's call letters than I do. do. No question. <laughs> Brad Ridge and Hip Creighton Jr. back here at GMIGS. The holiday decorations up, Christmas decorations up here. It's festive uh, this evening. Come on down. It's uh, $10 apps. Wraps and wings. And wings on Tuesdays. And uh, we're going to be here, uh, Lord willing, for another couple months uh, talking you through what will hopefully be an improving men's basketball season, but also a continuing, um, a continuing story <laughs> of a great women's basketball team. And you and I got the chance to go up to uh, Ames last week and get a, a, a good, good, I'd say bird's eye view. Uh, I was, I was going to say, don't say an up close and personal view because we were uh, only in row 32 of 34. Yeah, we at were at the top. Yeah, we were at the top. But by the uh, way, Gabby Marshall still looks pretty good from up there. Mm -hmm. She's having a tough time shooting the ball. She However, made a, she made a couple the other night. She's one for her last nine. So she was one for four the, in the on Sunday. She well, made, made one. 
Well, that was the one I saw, and they replayed it three times, so yeah. I thought she made four. Yeah, she, made, she was one for four, 0 for 5 against Iowa State. That's actually the only negative right now that's, that's really going on. I, I, I think the other thing that we noted the other night was, first of all, Caitlin Clark, again, Big Ten Player of the Week. Um, so they just might as well rename that award for this period of time, right? It just she, she I, goes for 35 in both games. I think they should, when she decides to go to the WNBA, they ought to rename the award the Caitlin Clark Big Ten Player, Big Ten of, the Player of the Week. We, we noted a couple of things from, from our observations of, of being in the arena. Number one, uh, when Iowa needed to turn up the defense, they were down one in the fourth quarter. When they needed to turn up the defense, somehow they, they, they did. Uh, well, they got a couple of big steals. And, and you know what they did? They, div they, they disguised their defense as man-to-man, -man and literally they were playing triangle and two type stuff. And, and that's where Kate Martin was able to get both those steals. It, it, huge time. Right. right, absolutely. Both, two of them, two of them in a row, and uh, they pulled away, which is what good teams do. Uh, that game was they were out rebounded by one in that game, um, and they both well, teams shot 34 percent. They shot terrible, oof. but Iowa. It was, it, that was a very physical basketball game too. It was, and uh, you know Iowa hung in there with. Iowa State's bigger than they are. 55 is bigger than all of us. And, and, well, this is where I was going with the thing. other thing we noted is that Iowa's post presence right now is not it, 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 it's not always going to be Monica Sinano. Let's face it, okay? Or or Megan Gustafson. Or, right. But Sharon Goodman and Addie O'Grady are doing their best, but they're not. They don't. They don't. They don't have. Neither one of them have good hands. They don't put the ball up as catch it and put the ball up as quickly. So what happens is Sharon Goodman tries to collect herself every time. And the, well, it gets blocked, gets it gets stripped, it gets stripped, and, and, and Addie O'Grady is not posting up the same way. She's getting pushed around in there. So the other day against Wisconsin, neither one of them played a whole lot. Uh, I think Addie had four points and seven for Goodman. Hannah Stolke got the bulk of the, of the time in the post. She's not a traditional post. She's never going to stand in there and pivot and turn around. She's better facing the basket. She had 26 points. They may have to change how they do things, considering she's back from injury and starting to run the court like she can. They may have to change what they're doing because they blew out Wisconsin. And Wisconsin's not great, obviously. But they're but not that bad. No, and, and, and they're playing in front of a sellout crowd again. Again. Um, and they just moved the basketball so well, and finally they were getting Hannah Stolke going to the hoop. And when you do that, somebody else is open, and when somebody else is open, they score, and the whole thing just gets better because Caitlin Clark can't be triple teamed. Right. And what we saw against Iowa State was trying to go inside and just not get much out of it, it somewhat because of Iowa State and somewhat because Iowa's posts right now are not what they have been in the past. It's just a different, it it's is, a different team. It is what it is, but they're still the number four ranked team in the country. And, and, they and got, winning. And, yeah, oh, absolutely. And by the way, if you haven't seen my Twitter feed at, at Hawkeye Hill, go check out the new Gatorade commercial for Caitlin Clark. Apparently she's going to have to bring her own, though, since Iowa's a power eight school. <laughs> that, Don't know what that means. Is that, whatever. whatever that, I, and, you know, the... the um, we we complimented Iowa State a lot on the way that they played the other night. You know, we we, we felt like they played pretty well too. It wasn't all that way. But as as you start to look at this, this is still the number four team in the country. What are they now? Eleven and one. Eleven and one. Yeah. Right. Um, and they're, they're uh, they've got which who do uh, they get in this? I'm sorry. The Cleveland men, the State men played, this week. The men played too. Yes. Yeah. Cleveland so State. So the Cyclone fans of the huddle are here. The Iowa State men destroyed. The Hawkeye men. Back to you, Brett. No, just that just in. So the men play Florida A&M uh, at 3.30, and then the women have Cleveland State. 
both these games are on BTN, but they're here in Des Moines, so if you want to go down there, plenty of tickets available for this. Uh, if you haven't seen Caitlin Clark, uh, you'll, you'll get a chance to do it. She'll play in front of what is essentially a home crowd here for, uh, Essentially? You know, well, she's in Des Moines. Well, who are they playing? Well, I'm just saying it's not, she's not playing in front of, in, not in Iowa oh, City. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yes, it'll Sorry. be it'll be a it'll be a very parochial home. I was crowd. looking for a note that I wanted to make about this. So the one thing that I thought that was key and is going to be a key for them, because Wisconsin sold out, Minnesota is sold out coming up. All the teams, oddly enough, Iowa State, Iowa, Iowa State didn't sell out, but it, no, it, was, it, was. it was full. No, it wasn't sold out. It was close. Oh, I thought they said uh, it was sold out. I, there were there was openings. You, you and I saw open seats. I'm I'm guessing that the tickets were yeah. gone though. My point being, though... By the way, Iowa State's getting into the game program is no bueno. No. Anyway. Yeah, we could go into that for a while. But my point being that the one thing this team has that is going to help them in every situation and certainly going into the NCAA tournament is all of them have played in front of large Huge. crowds, 20,000 people. Screaming at them in, in Dallas last year, huge crowds. So when the Iowa State faithful got to their feet and Iowa was down one, it didn't phase them. They no. hit 15,000 in Madison the other day, and the game was tied with three minutes to go in the first half, and they went on a 10-0 run. Yeah. It doesn't phase them, and that is going to be huge because not every women's basketball team plays in front of that size of a crowd every week. Even top 20 ranked teams don't play in front of that size of crowd every week. It's going to be a huge advantage. Yeah, no question. No question is when we get into tournament time, the Hawkeyes are not going to be phased by anything other than their own game that they have and the team that they're playing against. It's all about them. Right. Which That's a good that, place to be. It's a good place to be. Alright, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Wrap things up. I guess the biggest thing we're getting set for this week is the doubleheader at, uh, at the well. Yeah, it's an odd week, like Tom said. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Hill on 102.1. 1350 <laughs> ESPN Doin. Did you know? Radio station KRNT introduced television at the Centennial Iowa State Fair in 1946. Des Moines sports leader is ESPN Des Moines. I have no response to that. Brett, did you know that that was <laughs> Channel 8? Back I, did, in I, I, I actually did know that. I did know that. Yep. I've seen some black well, and white photos of that. Again, yeah. I want to thank uh, Dairy Brothers Waukee, Des Moines only Jeep showroom. AJ Perez, we appreciate them so much for jumping on board. Hey, get, listen, get out there and, and take a look at uh, Iowa's the only Jeep showroom. Beautiful you be, showroom. Yeah, yeah, you can get in and, and uh, take a look at Jeep without going outside and walking around in the cold. They're going to yeah. treat, you, treat you well. Ask for uh, Chris White. Really? Sales manager. Is, is that how he says it? No, he's, he's my boy. He's from Georgia. Georgia. Wrestling team uh, this last week. Oh, by the way, I'm Brett Ridge. Dave Creighton Jr. here with us on the Hawkeye Huddle. Uh, wrestling team uh, took care of Columbia 38-3. to They're off now until the Soldiers salute at the end of the month, and then they'll start into the Big Tens. So they're undefeated, um, and they're working their way in with, with various people. Now, you, your wrestling insiders have told you this team is in trouble when they get further down the road. However, um, some news on the, on the wrestling front. The brothers. The, the so those guys get a wrestle yet? They're there now, right? The Porsche brothers. The Ferrari that brothers. That drive the Ferraris. Yes. Yeah. Whatever they are. The Ferrari uh, brothers, yes. Apparently you're going to be eligible in the second semester. Okay. Well, we, that immediately improves your lot. That, that improves, your, improves your lot. 
uh, quite a bit. So we'll be interested to see how that goes. And, and honestly, I haven't pushed my uh, Wrestling Insiders too very much for, for the knowledge because right now we haven't really been wrestling anyone other than Iowa State. And uh, my boy called that match dead nuts on. He, he had it. One line for line? Yeah, six and, and four. Yeah, and I mean, that's how it was. So he, he had it. So anyway, so we'll, we'll we'll get more into that as they get into the season. It, it would be nice. You add the Ferrari brothers to this, things get a little bit more interesting in terms of of being able to try to place higher. Obviously, losing all those guys in the gambling uh, scandal is really it's it's really tough. Allegedly, but, uh, in the alleged, allegedly, allegedly gambling. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It just sucks. Well. I don't, don't 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 get me started no, on not, how it ruined the we, baseball we, team and and you know we don't, we, don't, we don't have enough time to, to, to go on that to, diatribe to go on to we'll that have to have, we'll have to have an off off cycle Hawkeye Huddle podcast where we just call it the soap you know we should we should do that we should call it the soapbox and I just get a, I just get a go for like ten just minutes you? and then you go then you can get a go right and we just it's just a diatribe Wait, after it right isn't that show uh, what Stephen A Smith does? <laughs> I think he does. Which, which it, I that's true. I hate pre- that show. Pretty much the same thing. There are times. We'll get, you know, we'll we, get Barst- Barstool uh, Big Andrew in there as well. And we'll give him some microphone get time. Give him the microphone and just just let everybody go uh, with whatever random thoughts. Hey, we figured out how to do the podcast now, so right. you know it wouldn't be it wouldn't be, be so done. bad. It can be done. Um, I I think you take a look at uh, at this. bad for a couple special ed kids. <laughs> hey, not not to I keep getting nostalgic here, but um, Matt and Andrew here, twenty five years old. You know, Maddie back uh, for uh, for the proceedings this week, and so. Looking over there, and and you've got your you've got your brother's kids running around here, it's like Matt and Andrew. Andrew it's used to, like right? Matt, Matt and Andrew running around the OLG when we first started this 20 well, years ago. 20 years ago, go, they were five. Go, going to the pool table and and rolling the balls all over the place. Yep. Right, and uh, playing and three, playing golden tee, two dollars at a time, right? Three holes at a time, <laughs> but uh, they're there over there uh, enjoying a, a yeah, adult beverage and, and hanging tea. out. Yeah, I know exactly. Uh, that's how long we've been doing this. Yeah. Anyway, that's like uh, the Atari golden tee version. Oh, it was so different, right? <laughs> I don't even know if it was online. All right, so. If we since we we got this these weird basketball games this week, to, we don't really have a good last call to make. I, I have a good last so, call, but you, yeah, you what, need what, to go first. Well, give me a give me an idea. What, what, what are we what are we calling? Oh, the Hawks are going to win both basketball. Well, games. yeah, that's, that's not that's my last easy. call. Right. What's okay? I, I will say this. Um, I, I think that this uh, offensive coordinator thing is a is a foregone conclusion. Kirk's already made his decision. He's just waiting. To announce it, it'll be shortly after the bowl game, and we're all gonna we're all gonna sit back and go, dude, why didn't you just tell us ahead of time? <laughs> no kidding, right? Yeah. It, it's, it, like, it's, it's like it's, it's like we've wrapped this uh, bicycle all around the parts of it, and it's it, sitting under the tree, and we don't know but what we it is. Can't guess what that is, right? Um, and. And it, I really think the way Tom was talking, I really think it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be one of the couple of uh, former former coaches that we've talked about, right? Yeah. I, I think it's a, I think there is a Joe Philbin in there. I think there is a Paul Christ in there somewhere. Well, uh, and if not, somebody of that level of experience, and they may not be the sexiest hire that we've ever thought of because they're not running. Hey, we're, we're, not, we're not we're not we're not calendar out there, right? Okay. Well, 
Sin, it's not it's not about being sexy. Well, I guess it was for Florida for State. For Florida State. So. But anyway, so my call there, uh, your call. My last call is, it's great to have the family back here. I want to, the show goes out to Dave Sr., our greatest fan that we ever had. That's right. There's no question. And uh, we're going to miss and appreciate. And, uh, of course, my condolences to you, buddy. But, uh, but uh, Go Hawks. Go Hawks. And that's uh, that's the way he, everybody would want to put it. Everybody would want to put it. Thanks, everybody. Help us out for the uh, program today. Of course, Peter Camp back in the studio. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. For Dave Creighton, Jr., I'm Brett Ridge. Join us next week here on the Hawkeye Huddle on 102.1 FM and 1350 KRNT.